It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In my haste to get our Wednesday edition of the podcast out to you guys, I made a glaring issue on yesterday's show. We'll rectify that. We'll also talk about BYU's defensive backfield, in particular BYU's cornerback position, which is one that's in flux going into spring camp. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, and today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more with FanDuel and uh, join today. You get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 bet. Think about that. A $5 bet connects you $150 in bonus bets. Courtesy of our friends at FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. All right, as I mentioned in the open of today's show, I made a major gap. There is no excuse for it. It Simply put, I had a major brain fart. Now, uh, BYU's tight end position group, we did a big long preview on yesterday's show after we talked about BYU's big win over Baylor. And in my haste to get the show done, because it was a very late hour, and most of you know that I do morning sports radio, and I have a pretty quick turnaround on nights like that. Uh, we were talking about BYU's tight ends, but I left out maybe the most important name for BYU's tight end position group. So let's uh, rewind and reset. Let's talk BYU tight ends on today's show, and let's talk about a position group that for the better part of four years has belonged to one name, that being the name of Isaac Rex. We, uh, and the thing about Isaac is he has got an ability uh, to really have been a, a unique talent for BYU. Think of all of the things he did in his career for the Cougars. He finished it up this past season uh, passing Gordon Hudson, a college football Hall of Famer, uh, to net the all-time uh, career touchdown receptions uh, for a tight end in BYU football history. And Isaac Rex is one of the all-timers. We, we've been lucky enough as a fan base, and I guess myself in the media, uh, to have covered a guy like that. And you wish him well as he moves on into his professional career. But the biggest question mark for BYU at tight end going into spring camp this year is who is going to step up in his absence. So let's clarify my mistake. The biggest mistake I made yesterday was omitting and just for simply plain out, plain old forgetting to mention Keanu Hill. Aaron Roderick mentioned it during his signing day festivities that Keanu Hill is making the transition to playing tight end this year for BYU. Now, Keanu Hill has been playing wide receiver for the entirety of his career at BYU and has been a very very good wide receiver, but as Aaron Roderick pointed out, and I had heard some people tell me this in the past, that Keanu's biggest issue was keeping his weight down, and as a tight end, uh, you don't necessarily have to worry about that. They said that we're going to embrace him being able to kind of play at his natural weight, uh, whether that is playing at 235, 240, maybe 245 pounds. I don't know what ultimately he's going to land at, but Keanu Hill is going to be a major weapon for BYU at tight end, because what he will bring to that position is wide 
wide receiver skills, wide receiver speed, but then just with a little added extra bulk to make him an even bigger threat in terms of being able to go up against linebackers and overpower safeties, etc. I think this is a major, major addition to the BYU tight end room. Now, is he going to be an elite blocker? Uh, TBD, because blocking his wide receiver, which, by the way, he was elite at. Maybe he was BYU's best wide receiver on the perimeter blocking-wise. Trying to block as an inline tight end is a different animal out there because it's bigger bodies you're trying to block, and it's just a different uh, style of blocking. But I am assuming that Keanu Hill is going to embrace all of that, and at minimum, BYU will utilize him very much in the mold of of tight ends of yesteryear for BYU. Think of the guys like Johnny Harleen, Dennis Pitta. Uh, think about most recently some of the Isaac Rex uh, p- positions that he played. We play that more that split out, what I like to call a wide tight end, where you're not necessarily always attached to the offensive line. You can split out as a as a slot receiver. And that is, I think, an elite uh, role that they are going to be able to create for a guy like Keanu Hill at BYU's tight end position. The good news is that they don't have to have him play an inline tight end position. Uh, they have other bodies in that tight end room who are more than capable of being the so-called F tight end. A lot of people will call that the inline tight end. Uh, the terminology can get a little bit uh, convoluted because you can flip-flop those, and other people have other names for their uh, tight end designations. But if you look at the BYU football roster, there is no shortage of names of guys that can come in and be impact players, hopefully, for BYU, uh, opposite a guy like Keanu Hill. Because I, I truly think Keanu Hill is poised to be a major, major player for BYU that tight end position and the fact that he's going to wear the number one playing tight end that's just a really cool side note i'm a guy who likes aesthetics when it comes to college football and a tight end wearing the numero uno i'm all in on that so looking forward to seeing what keanu hill offers and i think spring will be very very big for him a, to prove that he's healthy because he dealt with uh, numerous injuries all during uh, last season, and B, uh, to just kind of adapt to his new position. And I think that th- this will be a very, very productive spring for him to do just that. Other guys to keep an eye on this spring. There's the two freshmen coming into BYU. Keep an eye on Jackson Bowers. Uh, there was a lot of talk last year, and it wasn't just idle chatter. Uh, people were talking about his uh, potential to potentially uh, play as soon as last season. Well, it didn't really uh, work out that way. He sat the bench most of the season, played some on scout team, but never really uh, got on the field for BYU for whatever reason. I, I don't know the exact reasoning why he was unable to uh, see uh, playing time in large doses for BYU, but I am fully expecting the former four-star freshman out of Mountain View High School down there in Arizona to really make an imprint this spring and uh, establish himself firmly on the depth chart for BYU at tight end. Uh, a guy that's coming in is also a freshman, but in this case is a true freshman, whereas uh, uh, you'll have a redshirt freshman designation on a guy uh, like uh, Jackson Bowers is Reiner Swanson. Now, Reiner Swanson uh, graduated early from Laguna Beach High School down there in Southern California. He is a smooth athlete, all of six foot five, all of 230 to 240 pounds. And if his uh, uh, style of play lends itself to having the requisite strength and just overall know-how and understanding of BYU's offense, there's no reason to think that he cannot make an impression during spring camp and challenge for playing time this year. They are both, speaking of Jackson Bowers and Reiner Swanson, four-star prospects. You don't bring guys in with four-star designations expecting them to sit the bench for a long period of time in their careers. They are guys who are expected to come in and make an impact, especially for a football program like BYU. So I am hoping to 
see Kevin Gilbride, the new BYU tight ends coach, give those two in particular extra doses of reps to see where they stand. And obviously it's going to be an evaluation period. They're going to have to find uh, their groove and find out where they best fit in this BYU offense. But those two young uh, tight ends, they are thoroughbreds, uh, to use that term, because they are born and bred uh, tight end bodies. Jackson Bauer, 6'5", 245 pounds. As I mentioned, Reiner Swanson, 6'5", 6'4", 6'5", depending on where you look, 240 pounds. Those are what you want in your tight end room, and it's it's good to see them uh, looking like they're going to get their chance. Now, also, you cannot discount some of the returning guys on this roster. I think that is led by Mataava Taase, who uh, made a major impression last season. He was a walk-on transfer from Southern Utah and went from being like 6th or 7th string to 2nd string in a matter of days, quite literally, in training camp last fall. And he was a guy that made a good impression last year. Is he the tallest guy out there? No, they list him at 6'3", 255 pounds, so he's not the tallest uh, guy out there, but what he does is make plays. And this will be his opportunity this spring to kind of emerge from the shadow that Isaac Rex cast on the rest of this BYU tight end position group and give him his opportunity to really step into the limelight. I think another guy that's coming back off of uh, numerous injuries during the 2023 campaign and is eager to establish himself back in the pecking order is Ethan Erickson. Now, Ethan Erickson has got a great body type as well. 6'5", 240 pounds, excuse me, at Alaiye, Hawaii. uh, Comes from Kahuku High School. And he was a guy that Aaron Roderick, not that long ago, I kind of read between the lines in some of the comments he made about Erickson as him being the heir apparent to Isaac Rex. Can he re gain that status. I believe he can, but he's going to have to obviously be fend off all comers at this position if he wants to establish himself. But he has got the potential to be a guy that BYU can really count on. And by the way, if all these guys pan out, BYU could put as many as two, three tight ends on the field at any given time and really not miss a beat. That is the potential of this position group. Now, two other names to keep an eye on in my mind going into uh, spring camp for BYU at tight end include Ray Paulo. Now, Ray Paulo, similar to Mata Avataase, is not the biggest in terms of overall height, but what he is is he is a, uh, some people have told me inside the football program, they consider him to be the next uh, Mason Wake type player. Remember, Mason Wake was so multifaceted in his role. Could play four fullback as well as he could play, H-back as well as he could play the, just the traditional uh, inline tight end role. And BYU believes that Ray Paulo has that type of potential in him uh, to be that type of a guy for BYU. If they can get that same type of production that Mason Wake offered to this BYU offense out of Ray Paulo, that adds a whole other element to BYU's offense. Think of the screen plays, the, the overall just uh, ability to use him in multiple uh, roles. Uh, speaking of Ray Paulo, that would open up a whole new element of BYU's offense that was lost last year when Mason Wake abruptly retired from playing football during training camp. So keep an eye on Ray Paulo. And then the final name I'm going to mention uh, today is a uh, he's now a sophomore, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, is Anthony Olson. He is a former walk-on, a basketball star out of Olympus High School, has shown tons of promise uh, during his time at BYU so far. We have seen him in spring camp and in training camp make highlight reel catches. Can he fully realize his potential as a tight end and use this spring, like I said, to kind of leapfrog other guys up the depth chart. Keep an eye on it. 6'4", 235 pounds. He's not the biggest uh, tight end out there, but his physical gifts, the ability to high point the football, to just jump out of the gym, uh, to use that expression, as a tight end and win uh, 50-50 balls, his skills in that department are going to give him an opportunity to really show something. So my overall takeaway from this tight end position, to reiterate, is that there are a ton of bodies 
in this group. And that is not even discounting uh, guys like uh, Mason Fakahua who remains on this roster. Noah Moyaki just recently returned from a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he was a standout tight end at the high school football level. I don't believe he'll be enrolled in time for spring camp. If he was enrolled, uh, they enrolled him while he was still in the mission field technically, but uh, if he's capable of playing, keep an eye on him. But the overall uh, depth and breadth of talent in this BYU tight end position group is going to yield a really, really fun position group battle. Are there maybe too many bodies in this room, frankly, to get adequate reps for all the guys? Maybe so. But that is a good thing, uh, a good problem to have if you're Kevin Gilbride because you can now evaluate all the different guys, kind of establish, okay, here is my top guy and go down that list. And if ultimately guys aren't satisfied with where they're at, you know what? That's why the transfer portal exists. So, I like where BYU's tight end position group is. Yes, Isaac Rex has cast a major shadow and has left big shoes to fill for BYU's tight ends on this roster. But I believe that after a four-year stretch of him really dominating this position group, because frankly, he was the best tight end in the room and everybody knew it, I like the opportunity for a number of guys, maybe upwards of five or six different guys at minimum, to challenge for playing time, and that could lend itself to BYU playing more multiple tight end sets than they ever have before. They could play two and three tight end sets, and that would be awesome to see. 13 personnel, that's like a fever dream for a lot of us uh, football junkies out there. And if you know what I'm talking about, if you know what 13 personnel is, you are my type of people. But all y'all are my type of people, and we'll see how this tight end position group uh, contributes during spring camp. We'll continue with the football theme as we talk on the on the, excuse me, on the defensive side of the football coming up next. We're going to talk about about BYU's cornerback position group. Now, this is a position group that had two standout transfers last year that really held down the fort. Well, now it's a youth movement. There is one established guy returning. What are the other guys in that position group going to be capable of uh, producing and contributing to the BYU football program? We'll get into that next right here on Locked On Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride-or-die vehicle alive, my friends. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride-or-die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your, your, part is, uh, your part is guaranteed to fit or you get your money back. It's as simple as that. It's their guarantee from our friends at eBay Motors. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive with our friends at eBay Motors and go to ebaymotors.com to get started today. It's all eligible items only. Exclusions apply and eBay guaranteed, guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. I want you guys to check out their brand new feature. Uh, UCSU has elevated their checking accounts by enhancing them with more benefits, more savings, and more online protections than ever uh, than ever before. And there's a lot more. Let me just kind of run down what they've got offered to you guys. Paired with the most in, uh, advanced and comprehensive mobile banking tools, elevated checking is now the must-have financial product backed with the lifestyle security and financial benefits, including free ATMs nationwide and exclusive discount on any UCC auto, recreational vehicle, or personal loan, and also an extra 10% cash back on every purchase made with your UCCU Visa Cashback Credit Card and UCCU's Credit Score Toolbox, a state-of-the-art set of tools that are designed to help you improve your credit score and enhance your financial well-being. It feels like it's a win-win-win all the way around with this elevated checking program from our friends at UCCU. It is free if you do any one of the following. Use your debit card or credit card 15 times or more a month, have a monthly direct deposit of $500 or more, or you may 
maintain an average daily balance of $1,500 in your account. Otherwise, UCCU Elevated Checking is just $6 a month. So visit uccu.com to open an Elevated Checking account online or stop by any branch to open that account in person. It's all courtesy of UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you for being with us. Uh, all right, so we're going to talk about BYU, uh, more position group previews here momentarily. But I want to remind you guys, if you've not signed up already, please consider subscribing and joining our Locked On Cougars Insider Group. We had a great chat going back and forth with, I felt like it was at least 20 different uh, people. Uh, I was going back and forth with via text message about the BYU basketball game. It's just one unique feature of what we can do with the Locked On Cougars Insider Group and passing along insider tidbits. Those of you who already subscribed got a little bit of an insider tidbit of where the next maybe investment for BYU football is going to come. So uh, if you want to be a part of that, click the link below in the show notes. Join us. It's a 14-day free trial and just $5 a month afterwards. It supports the show financially, but also get you guys insight you cannot get anywhere else. So I encourage you guys to join us, our Locked On Cougars Insider Group. I would appreciate your guys uh, being a part of that uh, moving forward. All right, let's talk about BYU's cornerback position room. Now, uh, position group, excuse me. The biggest thing for BYU on defense is that Jay Hill uh, has started to really uh, work his defense into the mold that he wants it to be. Now, is it a finished product? No, by any means. It's not a finished product. But last year, BYU benefited from having two of the better cornerbacks that Jay Hill has ever coached during his time at Weber State and Camden Garrett, and more importantly, Eddie Heckard lining up for the BYU football program. Now, both of them are graduate transfers, had just one year at the, the Power 5 level with BYU, and frankly, both of them were standout players for the Cougars. They they obviously instilled a lot of culture things, were able to help young players get up to speed in this BYU defense, uh, and kind of imparting some of their wisdom and their insight on what Jay Hill is going to demand of his guys moving forward for this BYU defense. And I think that the Cougars benefited, uh, it was kind of a symbiotic relationship. They benefited, speaking of Heckard and Garrett, by getting exposure at the Power 5 football level that'll help them with regards to their professional prospects. They benefited BYU you by coaching up some of these younger uh, cornerbacks that General Guilford is trying to get up to speed in this new defense. The good news is, is I believe that BYU has got a lot of guys on this uh, depth chart at cornerback that are returning that are going to be able to step into those roles and should thrive now that they've had a year of seasoning and understanding the scheme at a deeper level having watched guys like Camden Garrett and Eddie, Eddie Heckard run it to perfection or at least at least as close to perfection as you might imagine. Uh, obviously, having the return of Jacob Robinson for another year in a BYU uniform is absolutely gargantuan. Uh, Jacob Robinson might be the most clutch player on BYU's football roster right now. I absolutely love that kid. He is a, a pint-sized guy, and I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just he, And he'll admit to you, he has a hard time keeping on weight. List him generously at 5'11". Uh, the generous part is the 170 pounds he's listed at, but he plays as a guy who weighs around 200 pounds. He throws his weight around. He is so good with his instincts and terms of understanding what's going on and does he gamble from time to time absolutely but remember the gamble he had against Cincinnati he ends up with that pick six uh, for BYU like his ability to contribute for BYU uh, in this defense is going to be a big big need the nice part for a guy like Gennaro Guilford is he is capable of being a guy that can be that lockdown corner and lockdown half of the field for BYU defensively and allowing Gennaro Guilford to say okay I've got one side of my uh, equation when it comes to my 
my two cornerbacks that I need on the field. I've got Jacob Robinson. I can rest easy knowing that he is there for me. This is a kid who was a Jim Thorpe Award semifinalist last year for the top defensive back in the country. Uh, I cannot say enough about Jacob Robinson, and I'm expecting his best in what I expect will be his final season in a Cougar uniform. Uh, And obviously that's going to start with his performance in spring ball. Now, will he be held out of some drills to get some of the younger players a look? Absolutely, because he doesn't have much to prove in terms of establishing himself as a a starter. You can kind of write it down in ink that Jacob Robinson, barring something completely unforeseen, is going to be a day one starter for BYU and start the entirety of this season. Now, opposite him is the big question mark for BYU. I thought midway through last year that we had seen the future of the BYU cornerback position, and that uh, came in the form of Marcus McKenzie. Now, he was a special teams ace last year, was so, so good in terms of his punt coverage, and his speed just was stellar. On the field, you could see everything you wanted to see. He had a great size, listed at five foot eleven, one hundred and seventy-two pounds. I have it on good authority. He's bulked up since then, having a, had a season-ending injury and obviously being able to hit the rehab hard. But I'm expecting that Marcus McKenzie, if he is capable of uh, contributing in spring, and it's TBD if they're going to really uh, clear him to go full go at spring camp. But I believe he is the future of BYU's cornerback position. He has got all of the talent in the world to be a standout uh, BYU football player. His dad, Brian McKenzie, was a stud. His brother, Dominique, just recently returned home from his mission and is working out with BYU wide receivers. The good news is, is Marcus McKenzie, uh, provided he's healthy, I think he gets the first crack at being the starting corner opposite Jacob Robinson. If he is not healthy, I think that goes to Maury Bamba. Now, Maury Bamba, is the walking epitome of what you want in a prototypical wide receiver. Six foot three and all of six foot three, let me mind you, also weighs uh, nearly 200 pounds. I think they list him, uh, they list him at 180 pounds. I think he's bigger than that. But regardless, he stands six three and he's like the prototype for what you want at cornerback. And Maury Bamba has been a guy that uh, he had his struggles in terms of adapting to playing in BYU's defense early on after being a junior college transfer his first year in Provo. But everything I hear about Maury Bamba is that. That he is eager to get better, and he uh, spent a lot of time meeting with guys like Eddie Heckard and Camden Garrett last year to really understand the nuances and what Jay Hill demands of his cornerbacks in this defense. The biggest thing it demands is you have to be able to cover one-on-one. They have man-cover scheme that you have to be able to hold up on your end when you go one-on-one with a wide receiver. You cannot get beat. If you get beat, frankly, it's probably going to give up a touchdown, and you know who's going to be yelling at you? Well, A, General Guilford's going to yell at you. Then Jay Hill's going to yell let you, and then probably Kalani Satake as well as a number of your other teammates are going to let you hear about it. Maury Bamba, provided he is a continued to improve in his skill set, particularly in his uh, man coverage scheme, he has got the capability of being a major contributor and potentially a starter for BYU on defense. I love his size. You cannot teach six foot three at cornerback, and his ability to change direction at that size is completely. Uh, um, it's unlike anybody on BYU's roster to have his skill set out there. So I am hopeful that spring will be his coming out party and he can establish himself as a guy that BYU is going to have in the rotation at minimum. Now, other cornerbacks that will be hoping to make an impression in terms of returners uh, to this squad include Jaden Dunlap. Similar to Maury Bamba, he's a junior college transfer, but Dunlap has taken a back seat to a number of other guys who have established themselves at cornerback. Can this spring be the year that he, uh, the, be the spring that he finally gets his uh, chance to show what he's capable of? He's got good size as well, six foot, 180 pounds, and uh, as a guy who has played an extensive amount at the junior college level, you would expect that that experience will help him in terms of uh, being 
being able to adapt to more readily what BYU is running. He was buried on the depth chart last year. I think spring is his time to really show, okay, I've learned what I need to learn, and now it's my time to go out there and show what I'm capable of. And we'll see. Uh, I, I think that he has got the experience factor that will help him in in many respects, but he's got to be able to go out there and show the consistency part of it. Gennaro Guilford is a former BYU corner himself. He is a guy that demands a lot. I mean a lot of his guys that he puts on the football field. If he is not going to trust you in terms of uh, being able to trust that you can play, good luck to you. Uh, it's just it's not going to work out the way that you might think it's going to work out because Gennaro's like, if I can't trust you, I'm not putting you on the field, and that just simply means a lack of playing time for you. So keep an eye on those guys in terms of the returners coming back to BYU football. There are also uh, three other young players that you'll want to keep an eye on potentially if they make some noise. Evan Johnson, Zion Allen, and Dylan Flowers are all guys that are uh, kind of playing uh, more for a backup role right now as they kind of bide their time at cornerback, but uh, they're three guys to keep in mind as well and file them away potentially potentially if they do have a breakout, that they are some of the other guys on this roster. But let's talk about some of the newcomers at cornerback. And one in particular is Tarion Alexander or Trey Alexander III. And you want to talk about prototypical size as a high schooler coming to BYU. I talked about Maury Bamba being six foot three, 190, 200 pounds, and being everything you want in a cornerback. Well, Tarion Alexander, he may not have the weight right now, but you cannot teach six foot two on your roster. Yes, he has got the height that you want as a prototypical cornerback. Trey is going to be given every opportunity to come in and establish himself as a potential day one contributor for BYU. Do I expect him to start right away? No, I do not, because I do think there's an adaptation uh that's going to take place, a, a maturation process for him, that he's obviously going to have to be able to go out and prove he's capable of playing for the BYU football program, but provided he shows that he's able to do that during spring camp. There's no reason to think that with extra work during the summer and then heading into training camp that he can't be in the two or three deep here for BYU at cornerback. And by the way, the other thing about this is that General Guilford will rotate as many as six guys if he feels that he's got the capability of doing just that. Trey Alexander is a guy that I think Cougar fans have been super excited to see in a BYU uniform. He has been nothing but effusive in his praise of, about BYU fans and the love he has for the university. And this is a cool story because He's a kid coming all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, he had no real connection outside of the fact that uh, Kelly Papinga found him and sold him on BYU. And then obviously, General Guilford helped nurture that relationship. But he is coming to BYU, and I believe that he has got the capability of being a day one contributor for BYU. So keep an eye on him. Uh, I'm not saying that Trey's going to start right away, but this spring ball for him after he enrolled early is a Big, big opportunity for him because all of the other guys outside of Jacob Robinson right now are in flux for BYU at cornerback. So there's no reason to think that a guy like Trey Alexander can't come in and be a contributor at minimum right away. And if he ends up being a guy who's in the two deep or potentially uh, against all odds starting for BYU, hey, that's awesome to see because that means that he is an elite talent that has proven himself as a very, very young prospect of being a capable uh, player for the BYU football program. And if you had a guy that's 6'2", 165, 170 pounds uh, as a true freshman at 18 years old and he's already starting for a Power 5 football program, imagine what his uh, ceiling could be with all that extra seasoning and work he's going to get at the collegiate level. So that's that's the fun part about this BYU uh, cornerback room is it is uh, long on in terms of athletes, short on experience in, in, with some of these guys, but I really like the potential of this group. And uh, spring ball is going to kind of be a weeding out process. Which guys rise to the occasion? 
location, which other ones kind of sink back and uh, maybe a name or two that surprises that kind of emerges out of the woodwork, as it were, and says, hey, I'm going to take uh, an opportunity and establish myself in the pecking order. And if I had to put my odds on a guy like that, Keep an eye on Trey Alexander. He has got uh, the ability to be a very, very capable football player for BYU. So I am excited to see him and uh, the rest of BYU's corners in spring ball. All right, that's going to do it uh, for our position previews on today's show. We'll finish up uh, this edition of the podcast with a quick note on what the summer, what I call the summer, the offseason. I'm going to be beginning here pretty quick. Uh, It's a fun project. I've already done part of it. In the past, uh, we'll kind of add to it and we'll explain what we're talking about. That's all coming up next right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now, because right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Simple as that, my friends. You can bet on all your NBA favorites, uh, players, and teams, and you can do it with quick bets, live games, uh, live same game parlays, exclusive props to our friends at FanDuel, and even more than that. If you simply want to bet on the over-under on a player, or a game, uh, the money line, uh, you think a team's going to beat the spread, or you think a team's going to cover, it's all available to you. You can have some fun with our friends at FanDuel and essentially spice up uh, your uh, TV viewing habits when it comes to your sports, especially when it comes to the basketball realm, with the NBA and even college basketball as well. Uh, so just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today with 150 bucks with any winning $5 bet. Think about that, my friends. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on Get started today. It's all courtesy of your friends over at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. I uh, want to remind you guys to check out the brand new Locked On uh, first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's also now available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league as well. Find Locked On Sports Today available on the free Fire TV channels app or subscribe to to it right here on YouTube. All right, let's talk about what I'm planning on doing uh, during the offseason upcoming. Now, uh, some of you who are everydayers and longtime listeners of ours remember going back, this goes back, I think, two or three off-seasons ago, I did the 100 years of BYU football. Now, I did it with the caveat that we started it way back in 1896 when it was Brigham Young Academy uh, taking on the University of Utah and other programs. Uh, and at that time, uh, BYA, as many know it, was essentially a pseudo-prep school. It wasn't a full-fledged university or college that it became uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, so, this uh, This year, BYU will be celebrating their 100th year of official uh, collegiate uh, Division I football. Uh, Obviously, that uh, first season that BYU recognizes began in 1922. They took a few years off during World War II. So 2024 marks the 100-year anniversary of the BYU football program. Well, how are we going to celebrate that here on Locked On Cougars? Well, as I mentioned, those of you who were with us way back when uh, saw me go through each season and talk about some of the highlights, the lowlights, and the storylines coming out of each season leading up uh, to what was then the 100th season of BYU football. Well, this year we're going to do it on the 
official uh, timeline for BYU starting in 1922, and we will go through all 99 football seasons leading up to this fall in 2024, which is the 100th uh, season of BYU football. Now, BYU will also be celebrating things. It's also, funny enough, the 40th anniversary of the 1984 National Championship season this year as well, so we'll mix in some of that as well as we get closer to the season. So we have a lot to cover in the offseason, but uh, it's a big reason why you should stay tuned and listen every single day or view this every single day, whether you listen to it on the regular podcast feeds or or if you watch it and subscribe to it on YouTube, is going to be a really fun project. Will it require extra research on my part? Yes, but I have a lot of that research I did on that previous project saved up on a Google Drive link. So I will be able to kind of add to that, intersperse some new uh, intel. I'm able to kind of glean uh, about these BYU football seasons of yesteryear. Uh, Frankly, the first 50 years of BYU football were a bunch of crap, uh, no offense to anybody who played in those first 50 years, but the back half uh, from 1972 on with Lavelle Edwards uh, under uh, under control of the B- uh, on control in control of the BYU football program. Uh, some pretty incredible heights. Obviously a national championship in that run. Multiple uh, Davey O'Brien trophies, a Heisman trophy. It's just so many accolades. So it's going to be an interesting first half. The first 50 years of, ew, not very good. But then the other uh, kind of back half, maybe a little more than that. Something like 48 and 52 years. But you get the point. Uh, the back half of that, a lot of fun. With a lot of high-flying offenses. A lot of names that many of you will recall because they're more of our generation. Generation, uh, speaking to, to our listenership, but uh, it's going to be an off-season long project. It'll carry on. I'm planning on beginning it in early March, and we'll just carry it through the uh, summer, dealing with holidays, vacations, and the like, and uh, we will get through all 99 as we lead up to the start of the BYU football season in August. So there you go. That's the, the kind of the roadmap for the future. So stay tuned. Uh, 1922 is where we'll kick things off. We'll do that here uh, beginning next week. I'm, my plan is to do it next Friday, March 1st, when we kick off uh, the third month of the year. So stay tuned for that. And obviously a big thank you in advance for all of your support here on the podcast. I cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support of uh, subscribing to the show, uh, whether you watch it on YouTube, rating, reviewing it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I really do appreciate any and all uh, help you guys can offer in that. And frankly, just sharing the podcast with your family and friends, the word of mouth uh, alone is worth it. And so uh, I want to thank you guys for your support. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day. And we will catch you guys again tomorrow right here on Locked on Cougars. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 